but you didn't come to this place alone. You will fight, but this war isn't yours to independently wage. Because this, my friends, this is shoulder to shoulder. You are family. You are brothers. You are warriors. And before you lies a victory that's more than worth your life of sacrificial preparation. A victory that can only be won by standing shoulder to shoulder. Good morning, man. We are so glad that you guys are here today. Welcome to Football Sunday 2020. One of our core values at Hope Church is, is that we believe church should be fun. We believe church should be fun. Nobody wants to go to a boring church. I know because I went to one for most of my life. And uh, we don't think anyone should be able to fall asleep in church. We think Jesus is fun. We think church should be fun. And, and so we're glad you guys are here today. Today we're going we're gonna to watch some, um, some videos in just a few moments of some of these players that are going to be playing in the big game today. And and we're super excited about that today. We're going to watch a film today just for a few moments called Shoulder to Shoulder. And uh, the reason why they call it a Shoulder to Shoulder is, is because of this. Because this year, the NFL, every year, the NFL institutes new rules that will help the players be safe. And, and it used to be um, back in the day, I, I, like, I, like call, I like saying the word back in the day. I don't know how long ago. But back in the day, football used to be a lot tougher. And now there's more uh, precautions and making sure people are, are safe when they're out there. But there used to be a rule where players could team up together on a kickoff. They could go after one player and two players players could take their shoulders and be shoulder to shoulder and just blast through a guy. It was awesome if you were on, if you were those two guys. If you were the guy on the receiving end of that hit, you did not like it. It did not feel good. But they just this year they they changed that rule that you couldn't do that because so many players were getting were players were getting hurt. But as believers today, you and I we we get to live shoulder to shoulder. We need to live shoulder to shoulder with some good people in our life. We need to live shoulder to shoulder with, with Jesus. And so we're going to bring back shoulder to shoulder just for church today and, and just for our spiritual games today. But uh, it doesn't work in football, but it does work in football, but it's not allowed in football. Um, but it, it, we should be living our lives shoulder to shoulder. So take a look at this video of some of the players that will be playing the big game in just a few hours. As an athlete, you know, you always look for the pinnacle of, you know, championships and obviously in football, it's the Super Bowl. It's surreal um, being in this moment, being here. I mean, it's what you work for all offseason and all year long, and especially with this group of guys and the coaches. They're a special group. There's nothing higher really than this when it comes to football. And so to reach that level and to know that you're one of the last two teams in that game, it's really cool, man. When you really start to break it down for what it is, it can help you get excited. So, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, there's no other, 
example that I can say that makes me happier than I get to go to the Super Bowl. Grew up my whole life a football fan, watching the Super Bowl. You always watch it on TV, like, man, that'd be really cool to be there someday. For professional athletes, that's always the goal. And to be on this team and, and to be able to actually achieve that goal and be here now, it's, it's a great feeling. I play football and there's a very performance-based relationship that I'm in with this team. And the gospel says that we get to walk into a non-performance-based relationship. And here's Jesus saying, look, I came down, I did all the work for you. All you gotta do is just receive it, abide in me. And even the days you slip up, I'm still here to catch you. He's a great father. You know, I've got three little kids and showing them, you know, what it means to, to follow Jesus and to be the man of the household that I'm supposed to be. He's left the playbook behind for us to follow, and all we have to do is just listen and, and enjoy the ride that he's gonna put us on because he already knows the end of it all. I think the biggest thing for me with Christianity and who God is is, is that it's based on his unconditional love and grace. I'm discovering God to be faithful and uh, to be a promise-keeping God. Galatians 6, 9, he says, never grow weary of doing good in due time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So many times the Christian life feels like you're just sowing good things, sowing good things, sowing good things. It's like, man, when am I going to reap the harvest, right? In that time, you know, the devil's throwing all those bad thoughts in your head. He's saying, oh, God's not really good. God's not really fair. No, God is good. Even if my circumstances aren't good, God is still good. I think life is all about relationships and this relationship with Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. With Jesus, it's one of those things where no matter what I do, he's still gonna love me and that grace, and it's always, it's always enough. You know, my, my brother having passed away and um, going to heaven, I think it's really, you know, put me and not only me, but my family to a whole nother level of, of faith and, and believing dove into the Bible more than I ever have just throughout throughout this process because it's really the only place that I can find some peace and really just knowing and reading about heaven and because that's I, I know that's where my brother is and, and just knowing without a doubt in my mind that, that I will see him someday and, and that really really is the only thing that really kind of brings me some peace. I'm not going to the Father because every single time it's like man I need this I want this like I spend more time thanking in prayer now um, because I'm just like man like I actually just get to be with you and I know it doesn't even end on this side of eternity. I know that this gets to be forever. The first eight years of my career uh, was a starter pretty much the whole time. And then uh, last season I got benched. This year I got fired, rehired, fired again, and uh, spent the first five weeks of this season on my couch watching football unemployed. I got a phone call from my agents who, you know, the Chiefs contact my agents and he said, hey, Chiefs want you, let's go. Week 16 got a shot to start played well, played well week 17, and um, I'm still playing, you know, I started and played both playoff games, and I'm going to start in the Super Bowl, it's, it's really God's showing off, it's, it's actually amazing. I love the story of football, I love, I love sports, I've grown up playing uh, basketball, a little bit of football, I, I liked football until I got tackled for the first time, and then I realized I didn't really like football anymore, so I was like, I'll just play basketball, and I like basketball, and I, and I play a little bit of baseball, and Graduated from high school and played a little bit of basketball in college and uh, the first couple of years while I was at Bible college. And 
I just love sports because sports can teach you. Sports can teach you a lot. Not only can sports teach you a lot, it can also reveal a lot. Not only can it teach you a lot, but also can it can reveal a lot. It can, it can show exactly who you are and kind of what you're made out of. And and so um, I, I want to look at football for just a few moments together today. A couple things that we we see from these guys and their stories. But I just recently come across this, but and I didn't know this, but the average career of NFL players only four years. The average career of an NFL player is only four years, and the reason why it's only four years is because they want to get you out of there before they have to give you a pension. So they give you, they let you get your body torn apart for the first three years, three and a half years, and then they ship you out of there as fast as they can unless you're a franchise player, unless you're the top 10% of the, of the guys that, are, that keep on playing that and that make it. But they try to get you in and out, and I, as I was thinking about that, it made me realize this, that so many people out there, they're living these lives that ball is life, ball is life, football is life, and, and football is life, and this life, but it ends. It doesn't last forever. It doesn't last forever. We, we, we saw last week just with the, the tragic news of Kobe Bryant and his daughter that our life doesn't last forever. James chapter 4, verse 14, the Bible tells us this in Scripture. It says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? You have no idea what your life will be like tomorrow. No one in this room here today knows what tomorrow, we know, no one knows what tomorrow will bring. The Bible says this, your life is like the morning fog. It doesn't last forever, the Bible says. It's here a little bit while, or and then it's gone. Or, you know, you take those showers, those really long showers. I know t- this morning was one of those mornings where you took a really long shower because it was really cold in your house because you didn't know it was going to be cold, and so you didn't turn your heat on. So you're like, I'm going to turn that water on, scolding hot. But when you open up your bathroom door, that fog hits the mirror, and it stays there for just a few moments, and it's gone. The Bible tells us that our life is like that. It happens it happens so fast. Our life is our life is short, and I wanna I want you to know. I want to remind you that you. What are you gonna do with your life if you're here for this long? How long, or what will you do with your life if you pass away today on your on your tombstone? There'll be four numbers: the year you were born. There'll be a little bit of dash, and then there'll be four numbers. But the dash between your life is just it's just that big. It doesn't last forever. So I want to give you some coaching tips, or some some pro tips, or some helpful tips that I can give you that will help you make it. In this thing we call life, here's the first thing, number one, is that you need the right team, or you need a team. You need a team of people to run with. You need a, you need a team, and you know, you got to make sure you, you don't pick a losing team. And uh, my team's been losing for a long time, okay, but I, I'm loyal to them, and you want to be loyal to your team, and your team will be, your team will be loyal to you. But you need, you, we need a team. I need a team, you need a team, and we all, all of us in here today, we need a team. The Bible tells in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, that, that we need some people in our life. If we don't have people in our life and we fall, there will be no one there to pick us up. We need some people in our life. You need a community. You need some people that support you and surround you. And I was watching the girls up here cheerleading today. I thought, how boring would cheerleading be if there were no bases? Right, bases? Uh-huh, I know that's right. And how boring would cheerleading be if there were no flyers? No one brave enough to get tossed in the air and lose, almost lose their life, you know? Like, who? how boring would that be? And how boring would it be if no one, if there wasn't that girl that had that big voice that could say, come on, let's go, come on, let's go. Like, how boring would it be if they had no one that could throw their voice like that and everybody was just quiet? It needs all kinds of, we need all kinds of people. How boring would it be if there was no one that could tumble? That would be boring, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't win states if you don't have no one that can tumble. You know, you need someone that can tumble. You need some people that can clap your hands. You need some people that can voice. And you always need that person out there that they're not the greatest cheerleader, but they are the cutest one. You know what I'm saying? Like, their bow's always right. Their makeup's always right. You need that person on the team. We need a team. We need a team. At this church, we're in a season right now called community groups. And we want to invite you to jump into a community group. You can go to hopewintergarden.com and, and jump in that. You need some people around your life. I said to you guys last week that the greatest things that have ever happened to my life have been because of people. The best stakes I've ever had have been because of 
people, the nicest hotels I've ever been at, the, the nicest hotel, ni- nicest golf course I've ever played. They've all been because of relationships. You need some relationships in your life that will cheer for you and push you, push you to be better. This church is a community of people. You know, if you're new to our church, we're, well, our church is not 100 Windermere Road. Our church is the people that you see in, in these seats. We're, we're a church. A church is a group of people. It's not, a, it's not an institution. It's not an organization. It's an organism. It's alive and it's moving. We need a team. Here's the second thing that you need. You need, you need a playbook. You need a playbook. Like, there's books out there. There's a lot of books out there. You can buy them. You can download them. And you can read them on your Kindles. But you need a you need a you need a playbook, a playbook that will that will help you to give you the plays that will help you win. Here's what I know about in this room here and say every single one of you in here today, you want to win. Well, there's a playbook out there that wants to help you, that wants to help you win. I meet so many people, they're going through life and they have a team, but they don't have a good playbook. They don't have the right playbook. They're just going by any they're, they're, depending on the week, their their playbook changes. With whatever Facebook says, that's their playbook of the day. And whatever Facebook's telling them to do, they'll just do whatever Facebook is telling them to do, and that's their playbook, or they'll go to the magazine counter, or they'll go to the front to, to check out at Publix, and they'll see the magazine there, they'll just grab whatever magazine it is, and whatever magazine it is, that's what, their, that's what their playbook, or maybe that's not their playbook, maybe their playbook is their friend that heard about something that they're offering to them. I got a message from one of our, our young, uh, one, of our, one of our young leaders in our church, and she was asking me this question today, she's like, hey, what do you believe about uh, the zodiac signs, and I'm like, God created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> I believe in the sun and the moon and the stars, and I believe in the creator of those things. But you need the right playbook. We live our life by a set of rules and a set of standards. I was talking to a, a friend of mine today, and she was telling someone, she was saying, you know, Wes and Diane, they live by a set of rules. It's called the Bible. We have the, the Bible's not meant to hurt you. The Bible's meant to help you. And it's a playbook that will give you all the rules, and it will give you all the plays that you can win this life. From the Genesis all the way to the Revelations, the Bible is set in place to help you make it through life. And for you to win. And, and you all want to win. Grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, grab one when you walk out today. You need, a, you need a playbook. Here's a third thing that I think every single one of you guys you need in your life is you need a coach. You need a coach. I need a coach. We need a coach. Every single one of us needs a coach. The Bible says in, in John chapter 14, verse 6, that Jesus says to the, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, hey, guys, I, I'm, the, I'm your coach. Like, I want to be your coach. I, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the coach, I'm the life, I'm the coach. No one could come to the Father except through me. Like, I want to I wanna be your coach. Like, there's a God out there, the creator of the universe, he wants to be your coach. Like, and here's the thing about most teams in here today, that there's usually tryouts. But here's what I want to let you know today, that none of you guys have to try out to be on God's, on God's team. You just got to show up. You have to be alive. You have to have a pulse. <laughs> You'll make it. <laughs> Like you don't have to be an athlete, you don't have to be the one that flies, you don't have to be a base. You can be whatever it is that you want to be, and God says, you know what, you can be on my, you can be on my team, and I'll allow you to, I, w- I want to be your coach. I, I love Kristen today, and Kristen's been coming to our church for a few months, and, and, um, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for her. I think Kristen's husband teaches Kristen to cheers, and then Kristen goes and teaches them to the, <laughs> way too far. <laughs> Phil's like, dude, no, not, not me, you know, and. Um, by the way, girls, we're glad you guys came today, but if that, the short guy who looks like me, uh, we're not related. So anything he says, I apologize, number one. And then number two, if he asks you guys if, he could, if you guys have an extra skirt that he can try on for the second service, say no. Because I think he may ask you guys that. He's just, that's the kind of guy that he is. And so I, I want to encourage you today. I, I love Kristen. Um, I don't know what he just said. I'm just going to talk louder than him to have a microphone. But don't turn my mic off, Bradley. Um, but Kristen is a, is a good coach. And uh, we've got to watch her love these girls and hang out with these girls. And, you know, what I know about coaching and what I know about, about life is a lot of times it's hard for people to accept a coach that loves them. 
it's hard to accept a coach that really, it's hard for people to believe that, man, they're really, they're really, really for me. And uh, these girls went to, to states and they, and they won this year. If you just kind of just got here a little bit late, these, these girls, they won states. And some of them, it was their second time. And I'm super excited about them. But it takes a good coach to get you ready for the game. And I'm here today to let you know that Jesus wants to bring you on his team because he wants to get you ready for the game. Because the, there is a, this life that we live on, there is, a, there is an expiration date. You are going to live to the point of your life where there's going to be a dash and there's going to be four more numbers. We're all going to live to that point. We all, every single one of us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27, it's appointed for every single man to live once and to die once. And then the end of that, the Bible says there's judgment. And so these coaches in our life, they get us ready for that. But this coach, Jesus, he wants to get you ready. He wants to get you ready for life because you're, you're gonna, there's gonna be, you have an expiration date. I don't know when it is. Um, you don't know when it is. We, it's just going to be. It's going to be, it's just going to end. I got a friend of mine, uh, he, he, when, he, when he, he, he has twins, and when the, they were born severely disabled, and one is 16 today, and the other one died on her sixth birthday, gone. No one can determine the date or the hours. I was in 13, when I was 13 years old, I was playing basketball um, with a friend of mine. I got a phone call. Um, I came back, I'm sorry, from spring break. I was on spring break, came back from spring break, and my buddy Daniel never came back from spring break. He was on his bicycle and got hit by a car on spring break, and he's gone for, forever. Because no one knows that. No one knows when they're going to, no one knows when they're going to die. There's not one person here that knows when they're going to, when they're going to die. The young man that was murdered in our community just a few months ago, he didn't know he was going to die. He didn't know he was going to die that day. No one knows that. But this coach Jesus, he wants to get you ready for the game. He wants to get you ready for the end of life. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verses that Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he's the life. And so we came here today, we believe church should be fun. And we believe that. But more importantly, we want to make sure people are ready for eternity because eternity is going to happen. We're going to die one day and the end's going to be here. And we want to make sure that you're ready for that. Well, what's what I need to get ready for? What, what, what does that all that mean? Well, here's what the Bible tells us. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible tells us that, it be, that we're, we've all sinned. Every single one of you guys are sinners. All y'all are sinners, including me. The Apostle Paul said this, I think I'm the worst sinner. And sometimes I think I'm the worst sinner. But we all of us in this room today, we've all, we've all sinned, every single one of us. And um, it's always, always weird when it goes out like that. It doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it makes it very dramatic. <laughs> um, we're all going to, we've all sinned. Romans tells us that. We all have sinned, and we've fallen short of the glory of God. Well, what is sin? Sin is doing something wrong. I can prove that you guys have all done something wrong before all of you guys have, 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 have taken something, whether you were three or whether you are four or whether you are five, you've taken something that hasn't belonged to you. You've all taken that. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. I've taken something that hasn't belonged to me. It was just recently. The other day, my, I was in the dryer, and I found a $20 bill in the dryer. It wasn't mine. It is now. I already spent it. Like, 20 bucks doesn't last me long. I snatched that 20 I didn't even ask. I don't go up at my house. If it's, if it's in the dryer, if you do belong to you, I don't want to know, hey, whose $20 bill is it? I don't care who's $20. It's mine now. I know whose it is. It's mine. It goes to my favorite charity, me. You know, like, that's mine. Pocketed. Well, that's mine. We've all taken something we shouldn't have. We've all done something we shouldn't have. Well, the Bible says that that's sin. We've all missed the mark. Every single one of us, we missed the mark. Not only have we missed the mark, the Bible tells us that because we missed the mark, Romans 6, verse 23, it says there's a penalty for missing the mark. There's a penalty for life. You know, there's a penalty for sin. If you, if you, if you mess up in your cheer, you're, you're, there's a penalty. It's push-ups or running or whatever it is for your coach. There's a, there's a penalty. If you cheat on a test, there's a penalty. If you speed, if you go too fast in your car, there's a penalty. I ride a motorcycle. If I ride a motorcycle in Orlando, Florida without a helmet, it's okay. If I go to some states, it, you have to wear a helmet. There's a penalty if I don't have the helmet on in certain states. I got I to carry a helmet. There's a penalty for that. There, absolutely, there's always a penalty. But here's the good news. There's this coach that we're talking about. His name is Jesus. 
he came to give his life for you. We know a lot about him at Christmas time because we celebrate his birth on December 25th. That's Jesus. We, the, whole, the whole world celebrates the birth of Jesus, December 25th. But it doesn't end there. 33 years later, he dies on a cross, and we celebrate a thing called Easter. And all of time, all of time is revolved around that one event. B.C., before Christ, and after Christ. Like that, that's all, all of it is. That one moment in all of, of, all of, of all time, it separates the time. And Jesus came down across, he did that for you and for me so he could be your coach. Like it, it doesn't cost you to be on his team, but it costed him his life so that he could recruit you. And today he wants to recruit you into his family. Today he wants to recruit you into, not to a church, he wants to recruit you into a relationship with him. So I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. And, and you guys have been great. So glad you came today. I, I want to give you an opportunity right where you're at to invite Jesus to be the Savior, to be your Savior. Right where you're at, I want to invite you to, to say, I want you to invite Jesus to come into your life. And I've already told you why you needed him. You need him because you're a sinner. We're all sinners. Every single one of us, we've, we've missed it. So if you're here today and you say, Wes, you know, I, I, need, I need that. I'm, I'm speaking to you today. I've, if you've never invited Christ to be your Savior, then this is your moment. It, all, it is, is in a, all it is that you've got to accept the invitation. So if you're here today, you're like, man, I need that. I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I've never, maybe you've never been to church before. Like church can't save you. Maybe you've been to church, but church can't save you. The only thing that can give you a relationship with Jesus is the person that can give that to you, and his name is Jesus. So today he wants you to accept him as your, as your Savior. He wants, you to let him, he wants you to allow him to be, your, to be your coach right now, right where you're at. So right where you're at, if you're saying, West, that's me, would you say, dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I missed it. I missed the mark. I believe that I've sinned, which we've all done that. Don't feel abnormal for admitting that because we all can admit that today. We've all missed the mark, every single one of us. And then would you say this in Jesus, I admit, I admit that, but I believe today that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Please save me. Please change me. Please make me new again. I invite you in my life. Come in, Jesus, and change me and make me new. I give you my life. If you prayed that prayer this morning, we're so happy for you. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you just, I'm not going to embarrass you. Everyone's heads are bowing and eyes closed. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, would you just shoot your hand up real quick and say, Wes, I prayed that prayer. I invited Christ to be my Savior. Anybody got it all across the I just shoot your hand up, Wes. I've, I invited Christ to be my Savior. Awesome. I want to invite everyone in the room to stand to their feet. Everyone across the way to stand to their feet. We're going to sing this, the song, this song today. And if you're here today and you're like, man, I just, it's been a while since I've been in church. Maybe you want to take a moment right where you're at and you maybe just want to connect with God again. Maybe you just say, God, I've been, I've been gone for a while, God, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming back again, God. Or, God, I know I'm not where I need to be at, God, but I want to head back to the right way. I want to be where you want me to be at. Or maybe you today you forgot that God was your coach. Maybe today you re re reconnect and say, God, I need you to be my coach again. And, I need to be following you again because he wants to follow you. Let's, let's lift these songs up. Let's lift these words up. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was brought with the precious blood.